So yeah, uh, I definitely feel better now starting a podcast without a intro. So that's a good thing. Uh, I think that I'm very happy about the direction of the podcast. I feel like I'm getting a lot of reactions or engagement from the podcast. People are DMing me and texting me. And uh, I got a, a Instagram call today to talk about podcast seven, part one. Um, I don't know if Melissa is uh, was making a face. Um, so... Because it's somebody that I, I used to talk to. So I'm just making a face about that. So I think that's funny. Talk to? I mean, talk to is fine. It's all the same thing. I mean, it's the same. It's not really the same thing. Okay. But we okay. used to, okay. you know. Have intercourse. Yeah, that too. <laughs> um, So I think that that was interesting for the podcast. For the, it's just like, a, it's starting off to be a good day. Um, And nothing happened on the podcast so far. We have a new setup today. I moved my... My couch all the way went to the corner. You know, I'm trying to see what works best for the podcast. Um, but yeah, I'm going to post some of the DMs I got, the texts I got, just different things. There was one guy that actually texted me a while ago about the second podcast, I believe it was. And I was talking about um, the coronavirus. That was when we interviewed Crystalina and, you know, check her out. Writers with Attitude is the Instagram. Um and i think that what was i saying oh right so during that during that podcast i got a dm it was very very long i said i was going to post it and i went to go post it and then the the words weren't there anymore like there was no messages left and i'm like i've never seen this before i'm like what's going on so i'm thinking i'm bugging i'm like that maybe it's the wrong instagram i have a lot of instagram accounts for all the different project pages so i'm like okay where could the page where could the dms possibly be so I'm like, damn, that's crazy because I felt like that was a really, we had a good conversation. It was very long. He had a lot of thoughts about the podcast. Um, very, um, I want to say well thought out thoughts, um, but I just think it was cool that he had that. So I go to check it and then they're gone. So I, I DM the person like, hey, the message that you sent me, they're gone. You know what happened to them? And he responded by saying that. It was maybe an overload on Instagram, and that's why the messages are gone. Now, this is something that I don't like because I learned to look it up, and I don't—I've never heard of that before, never seen it before. But I didn't know this until that day that you are that you are able to unsend messages on Instagram. So I think that's kind of corny that somebody would do that. I don't know if they did that because I said I was going to post the pictures of the inter, of their stuff online. Um, anything that I post. It's not going to have the person's name or their face in it unless they want me to put it in there. So I'm going to block out anybody's name or anything else that I post because they may may not want their face or Instagram or Twitter or whatever to be seen. Um, so I just think that was kind of corny. I do have the messages because I, I want to respond because it was so long for the messages that he wrote. Um, I had to like copy and paste them all into my notes to then respond to each paragraph that he sent me. So I have that. I'm going to still post that, but I don't have the, he has, after I responded to that, he responded to my response and I was going to respond to his response of my response, but it was gone. So I just think that's really corny and I don't really know why he would do that. That's just, that's just so weird to me. So I just, you know, I think that's really odd. And then tell me that it was, uh, Instagram overloaded or something like that. Like I've never heard that before. So I think that was kind of corny. Um, ooh. 
so like I said, I'm going to post a lot of the stuff I've been getting on a Bamboo Project page. That's the Bamboo Project underscore podcast on Instagram. I'm going to post a lot of DMs I've gotten, messages, and so on and so forth. Um, I'm going to actually, I want to actually post a video that I had this morning on Instagram. What is it called? Instagram chat? Instagram live chat thing? <laughs> I don't think Melissa is very fond of my... Oh, you mean the one that I recorded? Yeah, 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 that one. What happened? Oh, I don't know if you're talking about that one. I am. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna wanna post. I want to post that. Uh, I'll block out the person's name. Well, they can't see their name. I'll change the way their voice sounds when I post it, so the person nobody knows who they are. Um, but yeah, I just think that was interesting, and it's kind of funny because I guess I'm. I don't use Instagram phone calls or phone video chat. I don't know what it was even called. I don't use that. I've just started using it last month. I've used it three times. Uh, and this is the third time I've used it. So the person was saying that they were responding. They rep- they replied to one of my stories on Instagram of the clip that I posted of the last podcast. And they were pretty much saying that they don't they don't think everybody agrees with what I was saying on the podcast. I'm like, all right. So we call and they were saying that I was able to go back and watch it while I'm on the call with them. But I had no idea I could do that. So I'm like, wait, I can actually leave the video chat, still be on here with you and go check it out. I was like, well, I just felt mad old in that moment. I really had no idea I could do that. So... Um, so yeah, I just want to touch on a couple other things from a few weeks ago. Uh, one of the old podcasts I had said that one of the people that I worked with on the campaign, I can say the name now, I did a campaign for, uh, Coca-Cola, right? Um, that was two, three weeks ago. So they're supposed to, there's actually a montage that they did put out on the Coca-Cola page that I'm in. It's like a second clip of me. It's like maybe even half a second. Of, it's like a picture of my face and I'm on my bike riding. They did a whole documentary style video on it. I don't know if they're going to actually have the whole video up or not. They have that. So I'll put a link of that in the description. And then they said that if they get chosen for it, then they'll actually be able to use the whole mon- the whole documentary style video that they shot of me that day. That took, you know, 8 to 10 hours to shoot. Maybe even more. Nah, about 8 to 10 hours to shoot. So I'm hoping that they... Use that Coca Cola because that would be really fire. And then also, um, they said that if they don't use it, then I'll be able to still see it, and it may not go on the main Coca Cola page, but it will be used. It will be used somewhere. So I think that's really good to know. So when that comes out, when I find out about it, I'll let you guys know. I'll put it up in the description. I'll probably post it on the podcast page or my own page. So you know, stay tuned for that. My page at Donovan Gray, D O N I V A N G R A Y. Uh, my water over here. I'm kind of thirsty. Freezer. Jesus. Thank you. Ooh, see a little table right here. Thank you. Um, so on that shoot, I remember I talked about one of the people that I dealt with, and she was gonna buy me. Kind of part when you talk for two hours or you just be talking he makes your mouth dry gotta drink my water fiji water gotta sponsor me um so i was talking about how this lady right so i i say she's racist but it's not the kind of racism that people assume is racism she probably doesn't even know it's racism i think white people and other people who aren't black hear the word racism and they they don't it instantly triggers them because they don't they don't know what it is. 
they don't know how to describe it. They just know, oh my God, I'm not a racist. I, I have, I talked to a black person before. I ordered from Starbucks and they have black people there. Like, I'm not racist. I'm telling you, I swear, right? And they go, oh my God, using the R word. That's how they feel, right? Um, so she was one of the racist people that I feel acts out of fear, right? And she actually said she was going to buy me a gift for my birthday, and she did, right? And to me, I think she bought me the perfect gift for my birthday, right? Because it was something that if Melissa had got me, I would have been upset. I wasn't going to buy it for myself because I think it's a waste of money. And I wouldn't tell anybody else to buy it for me because I feel like, y'all, it's not something that I need. It's something that I would like to have, but it's not a necessity for me. So she actually bought me a pair of AirPods. So my AirPods that I had, I had, I used to... I used to have obviously two AirPods. One of them fell out while I was riding my bike. Now this is my problem with Apple, right? For anybody that has AirPods, and I feel like Apple should fix this. This is a serious issue that I have with them. And I mean, honestly, I think Apple's going down the drain, but they have so much money. The drain is very, 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 very long. It's a very long drain. So they t it's gonna take a while for them to get down there. But I don't feel like Apple still has that it factor to it anymore. It's kind of just like. It's whatever. You just get the phone because you had the phone, and it is what it is. I haven't upgraded my phone in like three plus years. I have the iPhone eight plus, I think. Um, so, it's, and it's like the features that they have for the new iPhone, they don't do anything really. It's just reinforcing issues that not issues. They're just they they're not giving us new features. They're just catch up, catching up to everybody else that already has these features. So, and you know, and the camera's not even the best camera. I don't honestly. The only reason why people have iPhones is because. Other people have iPhones. That's really the only reason why people have. It's kind of like Facebook, which is interesting. Only people, the only reason people are on Facebook is because everybody's on Facebook. So that's an interesting dynamic for a business to be in. So I guess it's kind of good for them, but I still think overall they're not innovating enough where I feel like it's a phone I have to have or got to upgrade. So same thing with the products. The AirPod, right? I'm riding my bike. The AirPod falls out of my pocket, right? And not only does it fall out of my pocket... Well, I fall out of my pocket, right? I'm like, ah, shit. You know, I'm riding my bike. I'm like, damn. So I get off my bike, get my AirPod. I ride, take take my next order. I'm like, ah, I bet. So I go, because it was charging. Because I wasn't using it because you can't, you know, they have a headphone jack. You can't charge your phone and use Apple AirPods at the same time, which is ridiculous. So, what? You said AirPods. What? You might have ones. Oh, facts. Yeah, you can't use your headphones yeah, you can't use headphones and charge your phone at the same time, basically. Um, so when my AirPods die, I just put them in my pocket and you wait for them to charge until I, you know, whatever, go up to my next order. So I'm riding around the city, like, all right, taking all these orders. I'm like, my phone, should, my AirPods should be charged by now. It's about 20 minutes to charge, 15 to 20 minutes. I go to check my AirPod and I only have one AirPod in there. Now, my brain doesn't understand how that's possible, right? I'm like, how is there only one AirPod? Where could it possibly be? So I freaking think about where the AirPod could be at, right? And I go back to the street that it was on to only find out that the AirPod was run over by a car, right? So now I have one AirPod. And I'm like, bruh, I literally, like, I picked up the AirPod case. I, I got it, I bet. I didn't think to even check that the AirPod would have jumped out the case and ran across the street and I guess hit up against wherever it went. And as long as I know, all I know is not inside the case anymore. And I'm like, bro, that doesn't even make any sense. How does it hit the ground and fall so far away? Now that was, I don't know, that was a couple of months ago, right? 
Melissa, same situation. She's in Whole Foods. Her AirPods drop. She sees AirPod drop, the, Air, the AirPod case. AirPod actually jumps out of the case, f uh, flies across the floor, goes underneath one of the shelves or what would you call it? Is it a shelf? Yeah, it's a shelf. The shelves in Whole Foods and gets stuck under there. She can't get it back. Now, the other day, so after she had, this lady bought me some new AirPods, which I said I, the best gift I can get because I wasn't going to buy it myself. Um, but anyways, after that, that's why I had one AirPod. So I'm riding around for months with only one AirPod in my ear because I'm like, it's not a necessity to get another AirPod. The only problem, and the one that I didn't have was actually washing the washing machine. But I'm riding around like, all right, I'm cool, whatever. So during that day, during the photo shoot or during the video documentary, she's like, oh, you know, we're having a conversation. I brought up about my AirPod situation, about me only having one. So she went out and got me AirPods. And like I said, I'm so grateful for that. Like that is so crazy because like I said, it's an amazing gift. Um, and that's, that's how she ended up buying me uh, a pair of Apple AirPods. And I had to go to I had to go to B and H to pick them up. So drink some more water. You can slow down like a tactic. No, it's funny. I felt it. Yeah. That's why I drank. Like running into your words. Yeah, that's why I drank the water because I felt it. That's why I'm like, you know, let me just take some sip of water and just. And you kept saying that the AirPods fell. But when you say the AirPods fall, it, I visualize the pods mm -hmm. falling. Out. Let's see, I gotta slow. That's why I drink some water. You see that? I was like, you know what? Something going kind of fast here. Let me slow it down. Um, so where was I? So she bought me the AirPods with the case. Right? Right. Went to be nice to pick it up. So I'm like, oh, I bet. I appreciate that. It's an amazing gift. Um, but so she did. I, I don't know if I, I said this earlier. In one of the old podcasts, I had said, I don't know if she's gonna actually buy me the gift. That she said she's gonna get me because she is so afraid and she would say i would i believe that she would say things just to say things to ease the moment instead of actually being authentic in what she's saying she's just saying whatever would make the situation be better she would say so i'm like all right you, you're gonna buy me airpods all right thank you i appreciate it whatever or buy me a gift okay whatever i'm not really pressed about it but she ended up doing it so shout out to her for that um so yeah yeah, so this so basically this is my problem with AirPods, right? Is that this keeps happening. So yesterday, my brand new AirPods that I have, same thing, falls out of my pocket, hits the ground, and I'm in the street and I have to get off my bike and tell traffic to stop. I'm out in the street like traffic, like telling everybody, yo, please don't go any further. There's a SUV coming up the street and I, I I'm watching the tire on course to hit my to roll right over my AirPods and I'm like, bro, I just got these like. Do not roll over. I'm like waving my hands. I'm doing all types of craziness so he don't run over my AirPods. Thank God that he stopped. So I'm like, all right, bet. I go get my case. I'm like, yo, thank you. I'm on the phone with Melissa. I'm like, yo, I would have been so annoyed if I would have went home and I would have had broken a broken AirPod case. So as I'm getting on my bike to ride off, across the street, I see this white dot on the floor. And I'm like, bro, are you kidding me? My AirPod came out the case again and went across the street. And I'm just like, yo, this don't even make no sense. Like, if I had, if I didn't look back, I would have rolled off again. Same scenario, AirPod case, no AirPod, come back, broken AirPod. So I don't know Apple. Apple to me is trash at this point. I have it because I have it. If something comes along, that's that's. I'm just waiting for the thing to come along that's better than Apple. Like that's really getting it. Like I said, I'm using the Pixel right now. The Pixel uh, Four 
camera is very much better than the Apple camera. So I would use this for the videos. I use it for pictures. It's completely better than the Apple camera. Um, so, and it's, they only have four generations of phones, I think, or however many pixels they have out. Uh, so that's that. And one thing I really wanted to touch on, because I want to do this last week, it's like a little game about racism, right? This is... That I, I, I kind of laugh when I use that word because I know that white people hear that word and go, ah, 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 here we go again. A black person talking about racism. Oh, my God, it's racist. Oh, everything is racist, right? So first things first. I said this two podcasts ago, right, or three podcasts ago, that I don't believe that racism exists the same way that we think it does used to or the way that people think that it does exist, right? Are there people out there who don't like you because you're black? Sure. Or whatever race you are, sure, whatever color you are, okay, fine. What I what I really believe, though, it comes from two things. It comes from being ignorant, right, uneducated, put it all in the same category, stupid, dumb, all in that same category, or afraid. I think that the majority of the racism that we deal with now is just people being afraid. Whether they're afraid of what they see on TV, whether they're afraid of a story they heard from somebody else, whether they're afraid because they know that they don't treat black people the right way, so they're always afraid that they might get caught for treating somebody the wrong way. I think it falls into a lot of that, right? And my problem with people is that they keep asking racist people to change, right? I'm like, I, I asking somebody else to change is not going to fix the problem, right? I think that... People who are black and not people of color, not the blacks with an S, not African-Americans, black people, right? That's what I'm talking about. That means the people who are here in America, who are born here, who are black, not Africans, black people. It's a very big difference between all these different things, a very large difference. Um, so if we don't want to experience racism anymore, right, we need to... Get into, position, get into positions of power where us being, we have the ability to change somebody's life based off of our subconscious feelings such as, I don't think that what that person should be doing, I don't think that person is doing is okay. Now, here's an example of that, right? So, a white person might be, might say, hmm, let me think of an example a white person would say, that's racist. That's not nice. Um, okay, he's a good he's a good understand. I'm gonna use, I'm gonna use hair for an example, right? So a white person might come into work who owns CBS and see a black person with their natural hair out and go, the the policy at the job at the office says you have to be in dress code, you have to have your hair be maintained, right? Now they don't understand that just because somebody's hair is in a curly afro or they, or they did a twist out. Or they have some type of um, non-straight hair. The hair is maintained. It is well taken care of. And it's actually very healthy. They don't know what that looks like because they don't hang out with people who have hair like that. So they may feel like, okay, I'm going to use the rules because I don't understand what you're doing. And I'm subconsciously um, racist. I'm subconsciously racist in that way. So they're going to use the rules to actually go and enforce it on somebody that's living naturally or who's living just as a, as they are right now the problem is that black people need to be in positions of po positions of power so that we aren't affected the same way by these 
these uneducated people, right? So if you're in the office and you are the, the head of the office, you own the company, then if somebody comes to you and says, hey, I feel like Betty was being racist to me, right? You're, like, you're more likely to fire Betty because you know what racism looks like from a Betty to a black person. I'm going to call them a black person. A lot of black names we can use. We can go to a black person, right? So in, in reverse, that happens all the time. People who are white come into the office and say, I feel like they use these special words. Harassment. I was afraid and scared for my life. I was in fear and there was danger. These all these things, right? And when you use these trigger words to somebody who is from the same elk as you, then you understand what they're talking about. If a black person came up to you and say, yo, I just came down the street and I saw John, he's bugging. A black person knows what that means. A white person has no idea what that means, right? Or even not even, not even a white person. Anybody that doesn't understand the culture will not understand what those nuances mean. And that has a, a bigger effect in the workplace because now you can get fired. Now, if I get on a bus and I feel like the bus driver is being racist to me, right? And he's a white and he's a white bus driver. And I call supervisor. Supervisor is black. Supervisor will be like, "What did they say to you? He he called you boy? Oh no. Okay, he get fired. Now, if I told a white person that, they'd be like, "What do you mean he called you boy? He was probably joking. Why do you think everything is racist? It's not always racism. It's okay." But that's because we don't have the position of power to do that. Now, if a black person called a black person and got them fired, that white person who got fired will understand that the, there's certain kinds of languages you cannot use when talking to somebody else. If you don't understand the dialect, the nuance in conversation, there are certain things you can and cannot say. But because we don't have the power to enforce these nuances, we kind of get the short end of the stick by always having to go, you know what, we're going to suck it up and be like, well... I mean, you know, he called me this or they said that and looked at me like this. It is what it is. I'm going to leave it alone. So this is why I'm always saying that people stop trying to tell them you should treat me better. Be nicer to me. Don't do that to me. Oh, my God. Woe is me. Somebody help me out. Oh, don't, stop doing that. Decide what you want to do and then go do that thing. And then when you get to that point, then you make decisions based off of that. Now that you are a manager, now that you are a owner now that you have money to hire people, whatever the case might be, now you're in a position of power. Don't get to that position and then go, well, I'm going to be nice to everybody. Remember, the people that are below you are still feeling the same thing that you felt when you were in that position that they were in. So you now, since you're the boss, you have to enforce the same rule so that now other races understand, like, you cannot talk to us like this. And you, it will not happen. And what will, what, what will come from that will be more black people working at your, at your workforce and other races and cultures will understand that certain things are unacceptable to say or do. So I feel like that's one of the solutions as opposed to everybody feeling like, oh, boom, we're going to go and beg somebody else to, to fix this. And the president is racist and my manager is racist. And it's all these different things. It's like you have the power to move and leave and go somewhere else. Everybody hates when people say that, like, oh, I don't want to leave. They should be. No, if you don't want to be somewhere, then you move and go somewhere else. If you don't like how you're being treated, start your own company or work for somebody that you actually want to work for. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I have to turn my head like completely over to look at the to look at the thing. This is not gonna work at all. Well, at least we, now we know this this setup is not gonna work going forward in the podcast. This is the last time I do this one. Um, yeah, I guess it's better, but it's not really just tilted towards me a little bit because it glare. Yeah, so I, I have a couple of things that I wanted to kind of touch on in regards to how I feel about race and kind of how it works now, how we can kind of solve that problem. I touched on some of those things earlier. Um, an example of 
and this is for people who who are not from the culture that I'm from but don't understand the culture that I'm in and you actually either you feel you don't know if you're a racist you don't know why somebody called you a racist you genuinely are like confused this is for you guys right so this is how it works right a person that is racist or that everybody would deem as racist is somebody that has preconceived notions and then does not try to combat those preconceived notions they just allow them to exist in their mind and they make decisions based off of those notions even if somebody has presented them with new evidence um to you know contradict what they already thought so an example of that would be using the word copy right so people my age people who are in my age group and my culture will understand what that means if i text somebody yo i'm on my way and they say copy we know what that means right now if i was talking to somebody else not from this and i text them copy right they wouldn't understand what i was talking about right now the non-racist thing to do in all situations and in this one is to just ask what does that mean like i don't understand why did you say copy i don't get it and then when they give you an answer, you go, oh, okay, I understand it now. That allows you, if you feel comfortable enough, to use those words going forward, right? If you've talked to somebody who uses those words then and you understand the context to it, then you can use those words. I think a lot of times what people do is they will see something on TV or hear it in passing and or even on social media. And they'll use those words or they'll do a dance or they'll see, they'll do something that they saw or heard and then be confused as to why somebody thinks what they're doing is racist, right? It's because you are not actually putting in the work to understand the culture. You're just seeing something as you thought it was and you're just acting as what you think it is, which is already in the perspective or perspective, perspective of what your life is at that point. So, an example of that would be they I had listened to a uh, the interview yesterday with his name is Russell Peters. He's a comedian from Canada, right? And he's Indian, and he would do different. He does a lot of race based jokes, right? And what happens with that is I get some backlash from it or whatever. Sometimes it's normally from people who are not of those cultures. It'll be somebody who will say, "Oh no, I can't believe you talked. You called that person a retard, or you called that person a." You know, you made you made fun of their voice. You use that stereotype, right? Now, this is where racism kind of this is this is pretty much how that works. If you're in the culture, you understand the nuance of the culture. So, if I say a joke a certain way, then or if I say something like, uh, "Let me think of something," I would say if I was. Um. Hmm. Okay. I can't, I don't, because I'm black, I don't have to think about what's a black thing. You don't need black things, Melissa? I guess a black stereotype that I might have. Oh, I got one. Okay. Oh, wait, which one do you have? Uh, yeah. So... She said watermelon fried chicken, which is hilarious because I don't even, I don't, I personally am not, I wasn't a fan of watermelon, like really, um, I, I might eat it now, but I don't really like it, but that's just to say that to assume that everybody likes watermelon that's black is racist, right? But to ask somebody 
why is there a stereotype about people liking watermelon chicken? Where did that come from? Do y'all like do you guys really eat that? That's not racist. That's a legitimate question. Somebody will then answer you. I mean, I like it. I don't know if everybody else does, but to just go into a conversation with that notion and then not try to contradict what you already think, that's what people will perceive as racism, right? That's the ignorance. That's the ignorance part of it by not trying to get educated about something that you do not know. Now, the other side, like I said, is fear. So I have a little game that I want to play uh, for the people who are actually watching the video. People who are not watching the video, um, I'm probably going to just cut it i'm probably gonna cut it so that you only hear what comes after this part you don't actually hear the video part very similar to what they experience right so as you saw in the beginning of this it's very scary if you're walking down a street and you don't know what you're looking at right the point the way that you defeat your fear or get over your anxiety or anything of that sort is you have to figure out as many um i'm gonna call them points of education right so you see this person, right? You go, hmm, it looked kind of scary. Let's let's use the person with the bike situation, for example, right? When they tried to when they were gonna steal my bike. What what black what what racist people will see is a black person near a bike, right? And automatically their brain goes to that person might steal. Or they're next to me on the train, I'm gonna move my purse because they might steal. That is that's all I gotta see that they're black, I'm gonna move the thing over, right? Now, that's for racist across the board is kind of how that works but this same premise applies to a lot of other people um sticking to the bike situation for me i wasn't nervous about stealing my bike because i had multiple points of education to be able to determine that there's no threat here so when he comes up to my bike i'm looking at him I'm like okay there's a guy he's a male right next to my bike males are more likely to steal a bike than a female that's usually how it looks or how it goes. Right? I've never really heard of female stealing bikes. It's not really a thing. I go, okay, my bike has a lock on it, point of education. So for him to have to steal my bike, he has to carry my bike off the street or he has to cut my lock off, right? My bike weighs 100 pounds. Is he going to be able to pick up my bike and walk off easily without me noticing? Very unlikely, right? These are multiple points of education. It's three points of education. The more that you can get, the the safer you'll feel, the better that you'll be able to react to, situ to situations, right? Now, he took his laptop out his laptop out of his bag, right? So, okay, he's not going to steal my bike with a laptop, right? There's no way of doing that. You know, you're not going to hit it. So, okay, boom. That, that decreases the threat level of this person, okay? He goes in his bag and takes out a wire. For the laptop, a USB charger. Another point of education. He's not, it's very unlikely he's going to steal my bike, right? Now, he kneels down next to the bike. Now, this could be something to make you think he's going to steal. If you did not already notice that my bike is locked, it's a heavy bike, I'm standing next to, there's multiple people outside, it's the middle of the afternoon, he has a laptop and he has a charger cord for his laptop, right? These are not the tools of somebody that would steal a bike, Right? And the problem is that the people that I was with, the cinematographer and I guess the producer or director, I'm not sure what her name would be, they just saw a person that was not dressed like, wasn't dressed, I don't even know what to call it, what, how he was dressed. He had, he had oversized clothes on. They would just saw him next to my bike and they automatically thought he must be stealing, right? And that's, like I said, I think that one of the people in a situation was uneducated and that's a cinematographer he didn't actually look at the points of education and i think that the lady was too afraid 
to look for those points because in my mind, I view fear and anxiety as static. It's like, it's just a lot of this going on. You can't really process anything. It's a lot of fuzziness. You, It's just, it's like a lot of static. Like when you have a TV that's old, you turn it on, it's a lot of black and white noise. That's how I view anxiety and, and uh, fear, right? I feel like with him, he just wasn't trying to see that there was no threat. But both of these people would be called racist, which is what the guy did. He called them racist. Was it justified? Absolutely, it was justified because he was not doing anything that would have let that would allude to him stealing a bike. Other than kneeling down next to the bike, there was no threat that he had. He didn't touch the. He didn't jiggle the lock. He didn't try and touch the buttons on the bike. He didn't try to move the bike. Anything like that. But he was already labeled as somebody who is a thief. Right. And then from that labeling, people come and they react to the label that they gave him or assigned him based off of the premises that they already had built up in their head from the lack of education they had about what they saw him doing. Right. So with the, with Melissa's situation, now that was with the racist thing with that. Right. Now, this method can be applied to everything that you do. Now, one thing in particular that I always look at, I have to look at because I'm a bike messenger in the city is that. The points of education when riding a bike, right? So I'll see somebody, like, let me use Melissa for example. We're going to the street. We're going to the street, right? There are, there's another person I know, shout out to 214. You know who you are. I remember this story, by the way. So if you see this, I'm going to post this a clip so you know I'm talking to you, right? She told me that she would see a car three blocks away, right? And she wouldn't even, no, she's obviously joking, but she three blocks away, she's not crossing the street because she wants the car to hit her. Right now, the problem with that is the points of education, right? You go, okay, against hyperbole, the car's three blocks away. So, you know, the car is, is very unlikely for that car to hit me from three blocks away, right? You go, okay, am I going to walk across the street at one point of education? Am I going to run across the street? Second point of education, you go, are there lights that the car has to run through? Okay. If I see him run the first two lights, I go, okay, something is off here. Let me stay on the sidewalk. All right. You see, you look for, are there other people that he has to hit first to get to me? Are there other cars they have to drive through first to hit me? You think you take all these different things into account and then you make a decision as to what you want to do. But if you only use one point of education, and you go, I see a car that's coming in my direction. I'm afraid I'm going to run. That's where you have these problems. And that's to me why I feel like it annoys me the most is because People don't take the time to go, okay, what is happening here? So for me, if I'm riding my bike, right, a couple of things I'll look at if I'm going into, into traffic or cars coming my direction or things like that, right? If I'm going down a street, I will look at the crosswalk of a street that's that's perpendicular to me, right? Which it would be if I'm going straight, it'll be to my left, right? I will check to see if people are in that crosswalk because I know if people are in that crosswalk, I'm looking at their face. Because their face will tell me if a car is coming. Because they don't want to get hit by a car, right? And if a car is coming and they aren't looking, the car will hit them first before it hits me. So I know, okay, I will hear them scream from getting hit by the car. And they'll let, it'll alert me to know, oh, I should get out of the way, right? I look to see, okay, which way is the one-way sign pointing? I go, okay. I'll look to see, uh, are there lights from the car coming on the street? I'll look to see, is it a red light or a green light? I'll look to see... Uh, some of the things I'll look for. Um, let me see. I got the crosswalk for people. I got the lights. I got the one-way stop sign. 
Um, and even then, when I have, with all the little different things that I have, just to be sure, I'll still looking at, I'll still look over there to see if the cars are coming or not. Just to just to, just, to, just to be sure. But what I don't do, which I think a lot of people tend to do, is they freak out. They'll stop. They'll sit in the street. They'll wait for everybody to. They'll, they'll creep into the street really, really slowly. And to me, I think that's problematic because people aren't actually weighing the threat level, and they are attributing a higher threat level to a smaller actual threat. So if somebody is walking in the street and a a toy car is coming down the street, they're attributing that same threat level as if to an 18-wheeler was actually coming down the street. And I think that that causes people to act irrationally. And when people act irrationally, that's when you start having uh, fears, phobias. That's when you start having people doing things that negatively affect other people, making decisions that actually harm the majority of people. If I make decision, if I make a decision based out of fear, as opposed to actually checking to see what's going on or to seeing what the facts say, it's more likely that I'm going to have a negative outcome from it because I'm only using one point of education, one point of education to determine what my solution or what my goal will be when in fact there are either hundreds or thousands of points of education points of education to determine what goal or what uh solution i should come up with so so that was my little game for today um so with melissa i keep bringing melissa because she you know we live together and i have a really uh large issue with the fact that she be having fears of flies and birds and what else would you be afraid of melissa it's a very long list, right? Now, I think that the pro- the reason the reason that she is afraid of these things is because it's one or two points of education. She'll look at a fly and go, "It's a fly, it might kill me." That's it. It's a bird, it's going to attack me. Bird's going to attack me. I see it, it's going to fly over here and attack me, right? And I think that it causes it will cause her to, you know, not much now, cross the street, you know, freak out, things like things of that sort. Um, I think that if Melissa were to actually, which, you know, in the future, we're going to do this. Um, we're going to have like a little uh, series of like conquer Melissa's fears. We're going to go do all different things. We have a nicer camera. We're going to go and have Melissa go into like a bird house and what? like play with pigeons what? and like go to like a pet store and like be in a bird cage. Like, a lot of different no, things. A lot, a lot of different things because Melissa will understand once she sees the multiple points of education points of education she'll be like oh wow i'm not afraid for example like for a cat right if you if you see a cat you might be afraid because it's a cat and a cat attack people but there are multiple things that happen before a cat attacks you their eyes might dilate their tail might start moving around too much they might change their body language they might start uh, uh pushing their nails out if you start seeing all these things then you go wait a minute i should probably move from here Something's going to happen. But if you see a cat playing with a ball by himself and you're afraid of the cat because the cat is off in the corner by himself in a cage playing with a, with, a, with a fake rat or a fake mouse, it's like there's no reason for you to be afraid. But I think that's what happens with Melissa and birds where it's like if she was to actually learn about birds, understand how they act, how they work, what their point is, what they try to do, her fear wouldn't be as big because she might walk down the street and be like, oh, wow, that bird's actually looking for a mate or that bird actually trying to find food. That bird just gave birth to a to a, a couple babies a couple of days ago. And when she sees those things, oh, wow, that's not scary. Like a bird chance of killing you is one. I have a better chance of getting killed by using makeup than I do by a bird. I know that. I'm just saying. It could I be. Honestly, if I had to guess, I'm pretty sure it is. All the fake makeup out there, I'm pretty sure there are way more makeup deaths 
related than there are pigeon deaths in the city, in the world. I don't think pigeon ever killed anybody. How did pigeon kill somebody? So these are things that I think about. Um, so that was that's how I wanted to touch on with the whole fear thing. Um, and that also kind of ties into how people are perceived to be, how black people are perceived to be um, guilty until proven innocent. Right. That's kind of how it works for us. And the problem with that is we have to prove our innocence as opposed to other people who are already innocent. And then they have to be proven to be racist. That's how it works. So if I walk down the street and I see somebody and I'm a racist, you know, I see somebody down the street and I go, damn, that person right there. They're probably going to do something bad to me. They're already guilty before they even did anything, before they look like anything already off top of the head. They're guilty in America. You are innocent to proven guilty. I believe in England or you something over there, UK, somewhere like that. You're actually guilty first. And then you have to prove your innocence, which I think is crazy. But we don't live here. So for everybody that wants to be pro-American, all, of, all the white people, all the other racist Asians who are here in America, the Indians and the Spanish, who love to uh, demonize and uh, dehumanize black people, they like to say, or they like to imagine, not even imagine, they subconsciously believe that you are guilty by your skin color until you actually prove that you're not, which is, for example, Obama. It's like, oh, I know Obama. He's a president. He went to Harvard. He got all these cool things. He's not a LeBron James. He's not a bad guy. He plays basketball. He's proven to be a nice person. What? Oh, my goodness. Look at all these other famous black people his guys he's wearing this this doctor right here he's wearing uh a doctor suit whatever doctors wear what they i don't even know what doctors wear doctor jacket is this doctor this guy's a lawyer he looks like somebody he's proven to me that he is not a bad person based off of what he has done already everybody else though they have everybody else is a proven innocent at first we see them and go it's a blank slate and we go hmm that guy did something that was kind of weird. He might be a weird person. He might be racist. He might be prejudiced. He might be dumb. He might be ignorant. But I'm I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt first. And then he has to prove to me that he is not what I think he is. And I think that's one of the, also the major problems that we have. Now, again, I am not telling anybody. I do not want. Let me drink some water because my mouth is kind of dry. Hey, come check it. Or you just look up. Damn, I probably should have got my phone to you then instead. But you're already here now. Okay. Um. Yeah. Um. What was I thinking about? What was I saying? You know what I was saying? Oh, okay, I remember. Yeah, I remember. What I was pretty much saying is, people, this is, the, the, you know, let me just make sure I say this. Because I want everybody to understand this. Every time you see something on TV, 
like the guy who got killed recently with the car chasing thing and you know i think somebody else got shot the guy that they allegedly the the black guy that was running they said he got killed right i feel like people are always outraged by these things right as if they did not know that these things are possible right I like I, like we're surprised like we haven't seen this over and over again and funny enough i think that's how we know that society is getting back to normal and that the quarantine is lifting is because we're starting to see this on TV now. Starting to see this on TV more. Because, you know, we had, like, we had like a month or two, three months where there was nobody black getting killed for no reason. It was regular. As soon as they said, oh, quarantine is up, just like that. Black people back outside getting shot by the police, right? So I think that that's how you know we should be out of quarantine and lockdown in about a month or so. As soon as you start seeing more black people getting killed by the police for no reason at all, right? Um, but... My point is, we should not be surprised by this anymore. Stop being surprised. Stop acting like we, oh my God, this is terrible. Why is it? We already know that cops kill people of uh, black people, right? And they don't get convicted for it. They rarely get charged for it. And it goes, it happens and then it goes away. This happens all the time. So we can scream and shout all we want to. And as long as, as long as, until we decide that we're going to do something, like me personally, I don't even, I don't even care about it no more because I know that I can't do anything about it right now. But when I get to the point that I can do something, you can believe I'm going to do something, but I'm working on myself so that I can get to that point. That's one reason why I had this podcast, because when I have the platform to actually speak about these things, I want my voice to actually be able to do something. I don't want to be on Twitter tweeting and doing nothing, pretending like I care about something that I don't care about. I'm going to do a little challenge and this and that. I'm not doing none of that stuff. None of those things solve the problem. When I get to the position where I can actually solve the problem, which is what I'm working on now, I will solve these problems. I'm not going to, you're not going to catch me. Oh my God, I wish they would just stop. No, they're going to keep doing it. Go ahead. When I get to the point where I can change that, you can believe if I find out that something like this happened, I'm throwing the whole, I'm throwing you under the jail. I'm putting, they will, I want them to be so afraid to even be thought about as being uh, racist or prejudiced or disproportionately uh, um, ticketing black people. Because when, when they come to the office and they find out like, how many people in this precinct was arrested? Because of what? Okay, you're fired. You're fired. You're cut. Your job, your pay is cut, and you're on desk duty. But how can you, if anybody want to argue with me, the whole building is shut down. That's I'm trying to get to that point, right? But I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't care about these little things here and there. And I feel like if everybody was in, was had that mindset of it, of actually doing something about it, there would be an actual change. Because you can tweet about this, you can write, you can go jogging in the park to, to run with Ahmad or whoever, I forgot his name. It's three of y'all. You tweeted about it, you ran with him. Now tomorrow, what happens then? Now it's over. I don't, I don't believe y'all are authentic to me. Like you just say it, you, oh, okay, I did it, I ran. Yay, we running. I posted a video and he died, but I posted a video on Twitter. I'm so happy that I posted a picture of this guy on my Instagram because now I show that I care. You don't. You don't really care, right? There are different ways to show that you that if you really care, do something. Don't just post it up online somewhere. Go and do. I'm not gonna. You're not gonna catch me posting about that stuff. 
Um, I, I, I run with this person. I stand with this person. I kneel with that person. I don't care. None of those things mean anything. It's virtue signaling. Everybody wants to get everybody wants to get cool points for being like, look at me. I said this cool thing about this person. I, I should be nice. And it's like, no, do something, right? This is sort mildly unrelated, but I believe, I bet a lot of people didn't even know they have meetings about the MTA. Like you can actually go to an MTA meeting and voice what you dislike about the about the MTA. They allow you to go there and ask questions and put in what you want to be changed and things like that. Nobody knows about that. You know what y'all do? We're going to tweet about that shit. We're going to write it on Facebook. We're going to go Instagram post a picture of the trains being packed on Instagram. Okay, sure. Hopefully, maybe they see it. Maybe they don't. But I, if you go to where they at, put pressure on them in real life. Hey, John, why? What the? What the? Why is this happening? I need answers for this. We gave you this much money. You made that much money. Where is it going? Why is it not going here? But funny enough, they do have like a two limit, two question limit. I think something like that is kind of funny. But again, if you if you and your friends pull up, if ten of y'all pull up, twenty of y'all pull, make that an event. Post that on Twitter. Post y'all going to the meeting. Now, that would be fire. If y'all posted 15, 20 people, you and your friends, y'all could post on Twitter. Post y'all pulling up to one of these meetings and with townhouse, townhome, whatever they're called, and pressing these people. Press them. Y'all could, y'all could come in your Balenciagas. Y'all want to come in your Jordans. Y'all want to come in uh, your, your tailor-made suits. Y'all want to come in whatever clothes. Curl up there in the boat. It, it doesn't matter what you, with the weave, the fake, all the makeup, or everything. Pull up there and ask these questions. Because if you, want, you really want answers, you'll have answers. Because when you start asking questions, and you start seeing like, wait a minute, two things are going to happen when you ask questions, right? Two things. One, you're going to realize, wow, these people are really dumb. Like, you tell telling me this guy runs the MTA? He's, he's, what? He's not that smart. And two, what it will do is, It'll wake you up to realize how smart you actually are because you'll be like, wait a minute. They let him be the CEO of the MTA? I'm smarter than he is. Come on, I could do this shit. And then they'll empower you to go and actually do something and change something as opposed to just tweeting about it. So that's one of the things. That's why I always say stop freaking trying to have somebody else fix your problems. Go fix your problem yourself. The problem with when it comes to racism, people, racist people, right? I think it's so funny that if you ask anybody, they'll tell you that we don't even, majority of people don't care about the blatant racisms, racists. If you come to me and be like, I don't like black people, it's like, I bet. I feel like I'll have a better rapport with somebody that comes out and says to me, listen, I don't like black people because y'all stink. I'll be like, damn, my chest. I don't stink all the time, just sometimes. They'll be like, well, listen, I went to the place. I don't know why y'all have this hair that look like that. I don't know why you act like this. I don't know why y'all always shooting people. I don't know why y'all always stealing and robbing. Y- y'all just terrible. But y- y'all need to die, all of y'all. I'll be like, well, that's kind of wild, but all right. I think everybody would understand. Everybody that I know goes, listen, I don't agree with what he's saying, but he's wild. Right, listen, he he gonna say that. That's cool. We don't like the people who will come up to you and be like, I stand for black people, and then go back home and be like, fuck all the black people. We hate, we hate y'all, right? And we hate y'all not because you don't like black people. We hate y'all because you're not authentic, right? The problem with most people is that they don't know how to be authentic. And me and Melissa had me and Melissa had a conversation the other day about this, where she actually asked me, "How do you be yourself? Like, how do you get to the point of being yourself?" And I believe that everybody has a moral, has the same moral compass, right? 
I think that, and when I say everybody, I mean the majority, 99% majority, not the people who have mental illnesses and psychopathic tendencies and whatever. Like, the majority of people have the same moral compass, right? Um, I think what happens is people ignore that moral compass. And I think that the people who do it a lot, it's easier for them to ignore it. But I still believe that that voice is there. I believe that everybody has that. You want to call it a conscious conscience. Everybody has that, right? Now, the way that you become your authentic self is to listen to that voice more often, right? Now, I believe that your conscience is your future self, right? So that's that's the higher level of you. That's you becoming a greater person. So the more that you actually listen to that thought, those those positive thoughts or those not even I don't have to even be necessarily positive like I'm so happy whatever, you know, go go lucky person. It's just the thoughts that you know are right. Where you feel something is wrong and you go, "Yo, that don't seem right." Like something about something about that seems off. But then you go, "Shh, conscience, shut up. Don't say nothing, conscience. Just stop talking to me." Right? Like you want to lay in the bed and you're conscious saying, you know you got to do your homework. You know you got to get up and film the podcast. You know you got to edit the podcast. You know you got to go you know, practice this sport. You know you got to do some work or study something or save money or stop spending money on food. Your conscience is telling you know these things, right? Your, your brain is literally telling you, yet you know what you have to do. Now, it's up to you. Can't, your brain, you can't, you, your brain cannot be for your body will not do those things until you decide to do them. You will have the thought, but until you decide to go, okay, you know what? I'm going to spend less money on food this month. Then you'll start doing it. And then what will happen is your conscience will change to something else because your conscience is trying to have you grow and get to a higher level of, of being for yourself. So I think that it's, it's, this is one of my theories, right? Is that your conscience is your future self fighting with your present self. Because, and that's why it's hard to grow. That's why it's hard to get to the next level of your life because you keep looking at it like, well, it's my body says it's easier for me to lay in the bed. I want to buy food. I'm just going to eat the food that I know is unhealthy for me. Um, I'm going to keep talking to this person that I know I shouldn't talk to, right? And that's because every decision that you made up until that point got you to where you are right now. So it's kind of a cognitive dishonesty where you're like, oh my goodness. I want, I, I, both these things are true. Like I want to, I want to do both of these things, but you can't, you have to decide. Yes, I got to where I am from that past. Now, either I want to be here, right? But I'm not going to be able to move from here unless I listen to my conscience, which is telling me, okay, you got to this boyfriend that you want to get. You got to this job you want to get. That's not it. You're going to do more. You here, you're going to do the best that you can be here. You're going to be with this person. You know what? How can I improve my relationship with this person? I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to do, I'm going to clean for this person. I'm going to cook for this person. That's what they want. I'm a, I'm a, your brain will tell you what you need to do for these things. And if it doesn't tell you what will end up happening is the other person, if everybody's acting on their conscience, the other person will come to you and self-correct for you. So they'll be like, Hey, you probably shouldn't do that. And then you'll go, wow, I didn't even think about it like that. Now you have that new conscience. So that's the, that's the higher level of yourself. And you can decide to listen to that and to keep growing. Or you can decide, you know what? I'm going to stay where I am right now. Now you can keep fighting it. And you're going to keep fighting it. Ain't no going to happen. You're going to stay in the same place you was in before. So 
one of the ways I feel like you can kind of uh, become more authentic is to like self-assess, right? So you have to. Listen, fell asleep. Okay. I see your hair. I'm like, your hair is mad low to the ground. I'm like, how are you so low to the ground? I'm like, she's probably laying down. Um, so, what was I saying? Um, okay, you have to self-assess, right? You got to sit down and audit your life. And you got to go, what do I want? What do I want in my life right now? Right? For me, personally, my goal right now is to make enough money from passive income that I don't have to actually go to be a bike messenger anymore. That's my goal. Um, and I have, to, I have to ask myself, am I doing the things that will get me to that goal? For me, the answer is yes. I can unequivocally say the answer is yes. I'm doing, I want to say, I was going to say all, but I had to think like that all I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm doing all that I could be doing. I'm going to say majority because I haven't processed it enough to think what else I could be doing, but I'm doing, in my brain saying all, I'm doing all the things I could be doing to get to that point, right? Everything that my conscience is, is leading me in that direction, I'm going with it. I'm like, all right, I know I should be doing this, I'm doing that. I know I should be doing this, I'm doing that. And if I'm not doing it, I'm working to get to that point. Like today, the podcast didn't start at 12. We wanted to start at 10, started at like 11 and some change. Last week, we started the podcast after 12. So we're getting better. I'm getting better and better trying to get to that point of achieving the goals that I need to achieve to get to that next self, get to that next level of myself, to get close to that goal that I have, right? So when you when you sit down and you think about it, you go, okay, I have a business, or you know, I have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and you go, okay, you know, I have, I want to make more money, or you know, whatever the case might be, I want to eat healthier. You go, am I doing the things that will help me eat healthier? And as soon as you think that to yourself, I'm telling you right now, as soon as you ask yourself that question, your brain will answer you immediately. You can ignore it. And people, people tend to do that. They'll go, oh, yeah, but that, that seems so hard. I don't know. I'm telling you right now, the majority of the time, if you go with the thing that seems harder to you, that you don't want to do, that's probably the right thing to do. 99% of the time, that's like the right thing to do. All majority of the time, right? And when you start going, you'll start doing this. Your body starts going, ah, ah, I know, I know. Ah, that's what your body will do. I know I should be doing that. It's because you know what the right thing to do is. You're just not doing it. So... Ask yourself, what is the thing I want to do? Am I doing the things to get there? When you answer yourself what those things are, start doing those things. That's it's that simple. That's how you become authentic, right? You start doing those things because what will happen is you'll get a new level of confidence. When somebody comes to you and challenges you about something, maybe you want to lose weight. Maybe you want to you know, speak and be more articulate. Maybe you want to get better handwriting. Maybe you want to eat healthier. When somebody comes to you and goes, I thought you told me you're going to eat healthier. And now you'll say, well, actually, I am. Right now, I got my meals, my unhealthy meals down to once a week. Before, I was eating meals, unhealthy meals every day. But it's only once a week now. And you'll, ha- and you'll feel better when you have that on you. Like, oh, yeah, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm not there yet, but I'm in, I'm in progress to get there. But as opposed to somebody comes to you and say, I thought you were going to eat healthy. And you go, yeah, you know, uh... How you make a joke like, ah, I mean, you know, I would, but it's so cheap and eating healthy is so expensive. Come up with some lie to yourself to tell them to make everybody feel better. But when they leave, you know, damn, 
I lied to them, I lied to me, and I'm not progressing to where I want to get to. So I feel like you have to do that thing. You have to self-assess what you want to get to, and then after you do that, you have to ask yourself, how do I get there, and then start doing those things, right? So that's that's one part of how you become authentic. Mm. Next part, right? Conquer your fears. Because you, you have to have, you have to come down to self-assessing. Ask yourself, what am I afraid of? Your brain, like I said, your brain will answer all of these questions for you without you having to really go too deep into it. The first thing that comes to your mind, that's it. It's literally that simple. What am I afraid of? Boom, that, right? So once you figure that out, you know what you gotta do. You gotta do the work. Now your body can start doing, your body can do this. I know, but I don't wanna. You can turn into like a three-year-old. Right? It's, it's just natural because your body is trying to literally fight. Your body wants to be in something called homeostasis, which is which is pretty much where is it homeostasis or homostasis? Homeostasis. Homeostasis. Where it's in the middle. It doesn't want to, it doesn't it wants to be comfortable all the time. It's like, don't move me from here. Whether that be mentally, whether it be physically, whether it be what you eat, it doesn't matter what it is. Your body's like, listen, we operate at this temperature, we operate at 7.368. We don't want to go nowhere past 7.368. We want to stay right here, right? The minute that you decide that you want to be better, that means you're moving forward. Your body's like, no, why are we doing that? I don't want to do that. Just stay right in the bed. Don't move. That's not, right? That's what happens. Now, that is it's kind of funny too because, again, this might not be natural, which is kind of funny. Um, I haven't really just figured it out yet, but... Like working out, for example, right? That's a way that people have cheated the mus the way the muscle in the body works to, to get a desired result. So you're literally injuring yourself every time you go to work out. You're you're tearing your muscles every time you go to work out. That's the purpose of working out because you're trying to cheat the system of your body to repair itself. Your body is going, what is happening on the outside? What are you doing? Why am I ripping? Okay, we don't know what's going on. Let's go fix that muscle because clearly something's wrong up there. And we're going to make it stronger so that whatever tears it won't happen again. Right? And you go, oh, shit, I got bigger muscles now. That shit's fire. I'm stronger now. And your body goes, all right, cool. We have done enough training or we've done enough repairing for your body to now be able to lift 100 pounds. So we're good. Right? And you go, but I want to lift 200 pounds. Your body's like, what the f- You want to do what? What? Why are you doing that? So now you go and you lift enough weight to lift 200 pounds. And now you rip more muscles. Your body goes, what's going on out there? Now I got to go and I got to repair Again, because clearly we thought 100 pounds was enough repairing, but we need to we need to repair for 200 pounds. So I have to go out and then repair for 200 pounds. Drink water. Huh? Drink water. Oh, I did. My mouth is still kind of dry. So I was talking fast. It sounded like the mouth got coming. Oh. Mm. Mm. So let me check the camera too. Um, so what else, what else, what else? Um, yeah, so like I said, that's kind of how it is. So it's weird because it's like, do we want to get, does the body want to improve or do we want to improve for our own being? Like, why do we want to get better? Regardless of why we want to get better, we do want to get better for whatever reason that is. Um, so when it comes down to fear, ask yourself, what am I afraid of? And go conquer those fears. I don't have any fears, right? Now, 
the thing about fear is that it is a feeling that you get, right? It is not, you can react to that fear however you want to. All it is is a feeling. So there are people, people have said to me that was scary or how did you do that thing or whatever the case might be. And it's like, I may have felt the same thing that you feel. We both feel that feeling of what fear is supposed to be. I just may act on it differently than you do. That doesn't mean I didn't feel it. It just means that I got scared of this thing and I went, yeah, I don't care. I'm going to do it anyways. You can do that same thing. You can just decide, oh, you know what? I want to save money, but I, you know, whatever you come up with, maybe I'm afraid to, to, to grow into who I am. Or I'm going to tell, here's another example. You may be afraid to tell somebody you want to be with them. You may be afraid to tell your parents that, yo, you're being disrespectful and you are afraid of what the, of what the response is going to be. Now, once you say that to them, right, you may feel the fear at first, but you still have the choice to say that to them. Now, once you say that to them, they may have a response, right? But at the end of the day, you it's this what I'm talking about right now is pretty much getting over the fear. Now, a lot of times, the majority of the times that I've noticed with everything that everybody feels afraid of or afraid about never really happens. So people feel like, well, if I if I tell my mom, don't talk to me like that. Or if I tell uh, my significant other, I don't like that you're doing this. Or if I go out and I, you know, talk to these, you know, hang out with these birds on the street, then, yeah, I know she's sleeping. I said birds and she didn't move. See, I knew it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those that's how you conquer your fears, right? You go out and you choose the one you want, go about after it, right? Um, the other thing is, that you have to do is you have to figure out where you are right now. So like I said earlier, you have the top level, which is up here. I don't know if you can see my hand. I don't know where my hand is at. So you have here, which is where you want to be, right? And then you have to go in the middle is how do I get there, right? Which is the middle. And then you have at the bottom, where am I at right now? You have to have all three of these things. You can't have where I'm at right now and how do I get there? Because you don't, there's no top. What are you trying to get to? You have no goals. You can't have a goal and where you're at right now because there's no way to get to the goal. You have to have all three of those things to become authentic. You have to decide, where am I at right now? Am I successful? Am I on the path where I want to get to? Did I start the race that I want to you know, achieve or whatever I want to get to? Did I, did I actually get to that point? Let, and where do I want to get to when I start on this race, right? Another, another thing that comes from that is, it allows you to be, um, what's what I'm looking for? It allows you to be stronger because once you assess who you are as a person, when somebody comes to you and tells you something about yourself, either one, you already knew it, or two, you can kind of debate and say, yo, who are you and why Like, why do you think you can either tell me that, one, or two, it's interesting that you think that. Why do you think that? And then once they give you an answer, you can go, a, who do you think you are? Why do you think you can tell me that? Or B, you go, I didn't think about it like that. I'm going to take that into consideration. But you don't have to, uh, I think the words capitulate to what they say. You don't have to just go, okay, you said that I'm ugly. I'm an ugly person. Or you said not, or you don't just go, oh, I'm ugly. Yo, fuck you, you, you dusty bitch. None of those things you have to do. You have to do either one of those. You just be like, why do you think I'm ugly? You think I have a big nose, you think I have uh, big eyes, you think I have big lips, you think I have a big forehead, you think my face is not symmetrical. What do you, why do you think that? And they go, well, because the thing, though, 
when you ask these questions, people, if they don't have the answer, you go, oh, you're just being a hater. That's it. You don't have the answer for that. You're just being a hater. And you go, okay, I'm not even going to take what you said into account. Or they might actually tell you something. They might be like, listen, I, I think you're ugly because I don't like the way you dress. And you go, oh, wow, that's crazy. That's actually interesting because I actually just started buying new clothes. I didn't even think about that. That's great. And you do that and you have that conversation, but you don't immediately just take what they say to heart. You either ask them why they think that and you go from there, right? Um, so those are the main reasons that I have, or I feel like how to become more authentic with yourself. Those are the things you have to do, not authentic with yourself, those are the things you have to do to become more authentic as a person, to find out who you are. Um, and one of the things about being authentic like, is, again, it's not letting somebody encroach on your space. I look at it as, like, if you ever see those games, I'm going to put a little thing right here. I want, I want to do this effect, right? So you got this right here. Boom. Right? Now, what you don't want to happen is you have the middle part in the middle, right? This is this is you, right? Over here. Over here. And over here is the other person, right? 50-50, right? What you don't want is to have that line move over here so now they have 53 and you have 47 right you don't want that you want to keep it as close to 50 as possible 50 49.9 and 50.1 right that's what you want keep it as close to the middle as possible because the more that they the more that they start to encroach on your space and space doesn't have to be a physical thing it can be a mental thing or an emotional thing then the less of yourself you become but if you say you know what i don't like that then you you don't and you don't once you say that you don't then say and insult them then you just say either I think this about you which is not an insult or you just go yeah I don't agree with you and you just leave it in the middle um so that's another way I feel like you can definitely go and uh what am I looking for conquer your fears and be more authentic Yeah, so uh, what's a couple more things I want to talk about? Oh, so recently, on a couple couple podcasts ago, I had a conversation with Melissa about um, me asking questions before giving her a reason to why I'm asking the questions. And on the podcast, I thought like, hmm, I thought maybe, maybe I'm maybe I'm being toxic by doing that. That's what I thought, right? I don't think that's the case. I really, I've been thinking about it since that day, and I'm like, I don't really think that's what's happening. I think, and because my mom had actually called me and told me that she understands Melissa because I do the same thing to her, and my dad used to do the same thing to my mom, and that kind of thing, right? But, and I thought the reason why the asking questions is a toxic, the reason why me asking questions is a toxic trait is because I'm removing the power from Melissa by just asking a question right now the reason why i've changed my mind on that is because it's going back to this the the spectrum that i have here right so i'm gonna call it a spectrum me asking a question i'm not encroaching on her space right because she still has the ability to say why are you asking me that question right so once she says that to me i can then answer her and say well i don't want to tell you i'm asking a question just answer it she can go i don't want to answer it so now I didn't encroach on her space, and she didn't encroach on my space. I didn't insult her. She didn't insult me. I asked her a question. She said, I don't want to answer it, right? Now, the problem is that when I ask a question, 
she gets anxious because she doesn't know I'm asking the question. But she won't ask me why I'm asking the question. She just get anxious. And I feel like that's kind of annoying because it doesn't... If you want to know why I'm asking, you can ask me why I'm asking. Or you can just answer the question. Answer it exactly how I'm asking. So if I say, uh, are you making lunch today? Yes, I am making lunch. Okay. Why do you ask? Oh, because I was looking for this, blah, 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 blah. If you want to know why I asked, then do that. But I, what annoys me is when I ask the question, and then because she feels like she's being attacked by the question, she'll get defensive and be like, "You don't see the food on the thing on on the on the on the counter. You don't see. Don't I always make you lunch?" And my thing is, I feel like that is starting to become more encroaching on my space because she's trying to hurt my feelings. That's what I think her goal is. Her goal is to try and feel. Her goal is to make me feel uncomfortable. That's a better way of putting this. It's hurting my feelings. Her goals make me feel uncomfortable by asking me those questions because she felt uncomfortable about me asking her the question. However, I don't think that my question was was encroaching on her space. It's, are you making lunch today? That's it, right? Um, so I feel like I'm actually not really feeling that whole explain why I'm asking the question and then asking the question. I think that's more of a her having to fix her anxiety about being asked a question because I feel like it might tie into her upbringing as to where her parents might ask her question and she feels like she's in trouble for the question and she doesn't want to answer the question because they're yelling. And then they actually made her not, they made her be more submissive by not even challenging them on the question because she she felt she felt like again it's a fear it wasn't actually actually real she felt like she could not actually ask them why they were asking the question or she couldn't even say i'm not telling you she didn't feel like she could do either one of those things even though it's it within all of her power to say i'm not telling you because you can't force me to tell you. you can beat me all you want to but you're not gonna you can't force me to tell you or if i ask you why and you don't want to tell me i can then go back to a or plan or point one which is i don't have to tell you if i don't want to and i feel like people don't do this enough People have to protect their own space. If I feel uncomfortable with something, I go, I feel uncomfortable with this. I don't want to answer that question. Why are you asking me that? Because if, if I'm asking you a question, you have the power. Now, you can decide to either answer the question or not answer the question. That always comes up to you. And that's something I really wanted to like, because I felt like I wasn't really feeling that. I tried it for a couple of weeks. I'm like, it doesn't really make sense to me. Because I'm like, now, if I want to ask a regular question, like, hey, where's the remote? I got to go. I'm looking for the remote. I can't find it. Have you seen the remote? As opposed to being like, have you seen the remote? Because then it's kind of like, like I said, she felt she being attacked. Maybe she felt like, I think she lost the remote. I feel like she did something to the remote or something like that. So, um, like I said, that comes down to that whole power dynamic thing. And one day I'm going to talk about it in depth, I think. Um, but I really I really think that people need to figure out what where their line, where their space is at. And be able to just say, I don't like that. I don't want to do that. And leave it at that. It don't have to be. It don't. And once you say it, you don't have to then try and make the other person feel bad. You just go. Listen. You want to go out tonight? I don't want to. And and if the other person tries to make you go, they're being toxic by doing that. One. But they can just. You can be like, listen. I'm fine. I'm not going. And now, if you decide to black on them after that, then it's all. It's in your right to do that because you already told them no. They keep asking you. You can hang up. The, you can hang up the phones. You can start blacking. You can just be like, yo, get off my. Phone. You can do a lot of things. But this is after they they tried to after you told them no. And they're trying to emotionally guilt you into going by coming, come on, please, come on, come on. Or you never want to go out with us. I can't believe you just, all you want to do is stay in the house. All types of weird, toxic shit that people have normalized 
over the last decades or centuries, whatever you want to call it. Um, so that's why I kind of, I'm not really a fan of that. And then also, um, this comes back down to, this comes back to being, I guess, authentic um, and kind of, like I said, knowing where your space is at. So me, one example is like, I don't like when girls wear lingerie, right? It's, to me, it's silly. I feel like for the most part, it's silly because the majority of girls who try to wear lingerie don't work on their body enough to wear lingerie. They feel like, well, I'm a girl. I feel like I'm pretty. Just because I exist, I didn't put any work in, I'm going to wear lingerie. And then I feel like a lot of times, and I mean, it could just be me. I don't know if the other guys are like this. They may not say nothing, but I'm just like, like you don't work out enough to be look good in this lingerie. So don't put it on. And then on top of that, don't make it a thing. Like if you want to, here's the thing. Let me, not, let me rephrase that. Don't make it a thing. If I come in the house and my girl's wearing lingerie, I'm cool with that. But don't like make it into a, oh, you see me in my lingerie? Oh my God, look how look how good I look. It's like, don't do all of that. To me, it's sexy. If I come in the house from work and my girl is just walking around the house in lingerie, I'm going to be like, damn, what the fuck is going on? Ooh, shit. But if I'm if I'm laying in the bed and she comes over to me out the out the bathroom in some lingerie because she wants to have sex, I'm gonna be like, all right, like that's like I'm I'm taking this off regardless. I, I it doesn't do anything for me. So I'm just like I I would I would hope that girls who are wearing lingerie are either working on their body, not wearing lingerie, or a tip for y'all. This is I'm pretty sure it'll work. I bet you it'll work. Just wear lingerie. Don't do it for no reason. Just. Do your regular thing. Do the regular things you do in the house. If you if you're about to go cook, if you're about to go watch TV, if you're gonna read a book, if you're gonna even be on Instagram, just put lingerie on and don't do nothing. Just sit in the house and you be chilling. And I guarantee you, there is that the, the result that you wanted from wearing lingerie in the first place will happen when you just come in the house and lay there. He gonna, the guy's gonna be like, what the? he'll be touching you. He gonna be feeling like, oh my god, what what's this for? He like, you know, I feel like being cute today. They're gonna be like. What? They gonna wanna fuck you. That's just how it is. But when you try and make them wanna fuck you by wearing lingerie, I believe that guys don't really like that. I feel like it's kinda corny. Um, so that's not really my thing. I think that's kinda weird. Um, so but yeah, cause she you know, she tried that the other day. I don't and it's funny. She looks way better in it now because she's been working out going to the gym. That should be fire, right? But in the beginning, I was like, hmm. It's not even her. It's like all the girls that would wear it. I'm just like, all right, it's cool. Like it's whatever. I'm not really pressed on it. It's like I, I'm fine with you not doing that. It's like, and the, the problem with it too is that I feel like they think the lingerie is supposed to be the main course of this, and I'm like, no, it's a bonus. It's 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 on top of whatever we're doing. It's like if you want to wear lingerie, wear lingerie. If you don't, you don't. But don't make it the thing, especially if you don't know how to do nothing. If you can't do no backflips, you can't do no splits, you don't know how to do like a sexy, like an actual choreographed dance that you came up with or something. And even then, it's like, I don't even know if I would like that. But maybe, maybe if you did like come and do something, do something, do something, make it, make it a, if you can make it a thing thing, make it a huge thing, make it like, yo, that shit was fire. Like again, even still, the lingerie is not the main purpose of it. It would just be an accessory to what you're already doing in the bedroom. It's like, if you want to come in and do fucking blowing fire or some shit, right? Then blow the, oh shit, blow the fire. 
um, while you're wearing lingerie. But don't feel like the lingerie is going to make the fire blowing. It's just an accessory to that. So there's that. And what else I want to talk about for this? Oh, the last thing I want to talk about. So I got the my stimulus check, right? And I've been spending it because I was going to blow the whole thing because I feel like I earned it. I deserved it. I worked very hard on my life and my finances to be able to blow $1,200. So right now I have bought, let's see what I got, my $1,200. I'm about to blow the whole $1,200. Mm. So I think I bought, I bought a garbage can because, you know, I need one of those, like a nice... A nice garbage can though too. Um, I got some boots. They come in today. Ooh, let me see. I feel like tomorrow, Thursday. Okay. So I bought an ex two extension cords. Mm-hmm. I bought some down for my jacket. Cause I feel like all of the freaking feathers came out or whatever they're called down. I need to try and get that done. Melissa was gonna make a video of her repairing the jacket, so that could be kind of cool if it does work. Cause that's a very nice jacket. It used to be very warm, and now it's not very thin. I bought two bamboo pillows. The bamboo project. Bamboo pillows. Um, I got some underwear because I've been wearing the same underwear for like five plus years, and I didn't. I don't be. I just wash them. I thought if you wash them, you'd be fine, but I guess they're not. I bought some socks. I bought some socks. I didn't know. That there was a big difference in socks. Before, I used to wear socks. It would just be like, put my foot in a plastic bag. But now, I feel like somebody's hugging my feet. I feel like somebody's actually like, holding my feet while I walk around the house. I'm like, this is fire. So, I got some new socks. Um, and I bought a raceway, which is, I think it's called a raceway. Pretty much for the wires on the TV. So that the wires are hidden on the wall. Because I don't really like the way they look. Just hanging out. It's too many wires. Like three of them hanging from the TV. No, gotta fix that. Um, I bought some boots from work. I bought a garbage can and I bought some, uh, not pants, pants. Oh, I bought two pairs of sneakers. Nope, I didn't buy that with my stimulus money. I bought a, the pants, like like pants for work to keep me warm. Um, I bought like a jacket to keep me warm for work. And I think that's it. So I have all that that I said I bought. I have like, and I bought some plugins. I bought some plugins too. Final Cut Pro. But with all of those things, I still have like $500 left to between five and $700 left, something like that, right? And so I decided I was going to buy a camera. I wanted to get the Sony a7 III. Um, my friend recommended that to me. And I went to go buy it on Amazon. They had this equal pay situation. I was going to use that, right? Because the camera cost $2,800. And I'm like, oh, I'm about to flex, right? I'm about to get this nice-ass camera. But I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not rich or nothing, so I was going to do the equal pay shit. Um, and it was going to be like $182 a month for 18 months. I'm like, I could pay that off. That's, that's light work, right? So this doesn't make no sense to me, but I think I figured out why this happens. So Amazon charges me the whole amount of the camera and then I have to pay them in installments. I don't know. How to, I don't, if I, if I had the money to buy the camera, I would buy the camera. Why are you going to charge me the whole amount of the camera and they made me pay you in installment? That's retarded. So I ended up not getting the camera. I didn't, I didn't get that one because it had a bundle. It was like, it was a, the camera was like $2,300 and it came with like lenses and memory cards and tripods and photo software and mad different stuff. I was like, oh, it's about to be fire. Cause I'm like, I want to upgrade the quality of the, the channel with, for the podcast. podcast and for the um for the podcast and for the 
Melissa's videos too. I think it'd be fire, but I'm not. I'm not getting that camera now. So, because they said they tried charging my card, they didn't have that much money in my credit card. So it was like it was a dub. But it went through at first, and then it's like, no, we're not doing this. Uh, so then what else? So now I'm looking to get some other cameras. I'm gonna try and find me a nice like a vlogging type camera to use. Cause like I said, Melissa got some new clothes, so she can be taking a lot of new pictures and stuff. She's been doing her hair. She bought some hair to do. It's like, you know, like I said, we try to upgrade our life. I felt like the most important thing about YouTube for us is not our main thing. It's like, it's 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 just a, a section of it. So I don't intend to make all of my money from YouTube, but I do want the quality to be better. But the quality of our life will improve and then that will translate into the YouTube videos, which will then make the YouTube videos better videos. So that's the goal for that. Um, so I'm looking to those cameras, but that's the end of this podcast. Episode eight is finally done. Um, I think that was pretty good. About an hour and 45 minutes or so. It's a good podcast. Um, so we are on Instagram. We have something called the bamboo project underscore food because we have an electric diet. We're trying to be healthy as possible. Like I said, it's about improving our life. It's not just about, you know, making money. We want to make our lives better and then make money off of our lives being better. We have the bamboo project underscore sports. And because of this whole coronavirus thing, that might take a while to come back because we don't know when we can actually play basketball again. I'm going to be coaching. Uh, not, I'm going to be training people at some point. Um, we have, what else do we have? The Bamboo Project Music. Melissa's working on her singing. We have the Bamboo Project Clothes. Melissa's been making her own clothes. We have the Bamboo Project Fitness. Right, Melissa's been in the gym. Well, in, in the apartment working on her body. Um, and we can say we have all the things on there. So you can see us right now. Right now, what you would see on those pages pretty much us building the pages up so it's gonna be you're getting a a preview as to what it looks like to build a brand before it's actually a very big brand you get to see that and i don't i think that that's very valuable it's like art because it's it'll be way more valuable in the future it's like when somebody dies because when when a famous artist dies or painter dies the art becomes more valuable so we won't be dying but our old selves will be dying so who we are today will never be again tomorrow and so on and so forth so in a two or three years from now the content that we make today will be very valuable because you'll be able to see wow i saw where they were years ago like that shit's crazy they really made a big jump so i'm like i already know people because i know for me i want to look back when i used to look up um you know different successful people i would they never had footage of how they were at this point they have footage of when they first got famous, but they don't have any footage of like when they were in their house writing raps or acting. They don't really have that kind of thing. They may have one video from their mom or whatever, but I feel like we're in an era where you can actually see the whole thing. And not only that, I plan to be one of the most successful people of my generation growing up. Um, so I want to change the world. I want to change a lot of things. I want to. I want to do a lot. So I said, this is just me right now. I'm doing what I need to do to be able to free up the time to be more, to be more creative to actually do the bigger things that I want to do. So you can find us on all of those different Instagrams to find out how we eat. You know the clothes that we wear because we're gonna have our own clothes that are made from scratch. We're gonna have a lot of different things. So Bamboo Project out. Oh, before that, before Steve Jobs, one more thing. 
um, like I said, I really enjoy people, um, their feedback. Like it's, I really, really enjoy it. And that was one of the main things I wanted for the podcast is like to be able to engage with people. Cause I, like I said, I want to be able to hear other people's perspectives so I can, it helps me to challenge what I already think. And if I agree, I put it in a bucket of, I agree. If I don't agree, I try to understand, like if, if I don't understand, I try to understand so I can go, okay, this is a different perspective. I get it now to try and improve on what I'm thinking. Um, cause I said, that's how you grow. So like I said, please, I, I really, I, I'm enjoying the DMs. They're fun. I'm going to call back, uh, on Instagram video call when I'm done with this to call to talk about, uh, the last video podcast, episode seven, seven, the first part, part one. Um, like I said, DMs, phone calls, texts, all of that stuff. I love all that stuff. So I like, I love to talk about these things and I feel like one of the main reasons why, I started this podcast because it's an extension of myself. These are things I already do before I started the podcast. I already like talking to people. I already I like real actual conversations, not just high and by. Oh, hey, I don't like those conversations. I like actually sitting down with somebody and talking and having an actual in-depth conversation. I don't like short-form convos. I like long-form conversations, which is why my podcast be so long because I like to actually get my thoughts out. Um, so, and like I said, I'm going to post the stuff on the podcast page. You can see the DM that I've gotten. And like I guess everything's gonna be blocked out. You're not gonna see anybody's name. The Bamboo Project out.